Hello then and welcome to this. This is um, episode 11 of the Gareth Boot Podcast and this is um, a bit different because there's only me on it. It's a solo podcast today and I'm going to be doing more of these going forward so they will not be as long as the as the guest interview ones but uh, I feel I, w- I want to do more of these now and um, I'll explain more about that in future podcasts because today I want to talk about something around the COVID-19 um, pandemic. The coronavirus has been something that I don't care who you are or where you're listening to this from, it will have affected you to some degree. Clearly, some parts of the world have been affected um, worse than others, but everybody will will have heard of, will have experienced some effects of the COVID-19 outbreak. And quite honestly, this has been very surreal times. I'm sure we can all agree whether you listen to this while we're still in this lockdown period in the UK or coronavirus is with us, or you might be listening to this months, weeks, years after um, and coronavirus is a distant memory. It's something we will always remember. It's one of those, I suppose, defining moments if you choose them to be. And they don't come along very long, often in a lifetime. This, I have to say, is probably the only thing I can remember in the UK that was similar to this in my lifetime, where we had a country that was kind of together on something, was the Falklands, the Falkland War. On the North America, you've had things like... Um, 9-11 and challenging times and, and again other parts of the world with natural disasters and man-made disasters but for the UK uh, this has been for me the, the I suppose the defining moment of, of, of my life so far as far as a thing that's happened in history anyway so I just I made a few notes actually today which I don't normally do when I'm talking to guests I mean it's a bit more f- sort of free-flowing but I want to keep this succinct and I want to keep on point with it so I'm going to talk about the new normal so like I said, you know, everyone's been affected by this pandemic, um, regardless of geographical locations. And I think that it's safe to say at this point, on the 19th of May 2020, most, well, every country in the uh, sort of Europe area is over the peak. And we're over the worst of this as it currently stands now. There is every chance there could be second peaks, and those, but, but that hasn't happened yet. So as I'm recording this now, it's, it, I am making this kind of um, statement that as, as I see it, as it currently stands, we are over the peak and we have gone through this lockdown period and we're coming out the other side. And I thought what we really should be doing now before we get too far into this kind of lowering of the lockdown is I wanted to spend some time myself reflecting on what I have learned, what I've experienced, what's happened in the time we've been in lockdown. Because for me, this has been a powerful time. Um, I I have to say, when it first started, um, I I didn't, I'm not saying I took it too seriously because I think I took it seriously enough. But I didn't see it as kind of just a, a fun few weeks ahead of us, you know, a chance to kind of stay at home and it's all like one big long bank holiday. I, I didn't see that. I knew this was a serious event and it was an event that was going to affect people in many, many different ways. I mean, there is clearly the the obvious effect it's had on some people, which is they've lost their lives. And in the UK, I think, you know, 30,000 deaths. It's a lot of people. And each one of those people will have other people that their death has, has affected, you know, family, friends. So th- this is something that, you know, was always going to be something that was very um, difficult for people who, who had to experience it at the front end and for people that were going to be directly affected by this. So I never saw this as kind of a, a jolly, a bit of a, a bit of a break from, from normality and a bit of a chance to chill out. And, and I, I do have to say, I think a lot of people did 
make that look like that's what they thought through social media. I saw people posting things about having fun and doing fun things in lockdown. I, I gave this this illness and this time, I think, the right kind of respect and dignity required. I didn't want to get too giddy about things. That's why I didn't do a lot of podcasts. I did first off think, oh, I've got all this free time. I could I could do a lot more work. This was not a time to do that kind of work. For me, it was time to do inner work. So I think before we start talking about the new normal, I think it's just worth considering some of the things that we have experienced in this lockdown period. And I think there's two phases, certainly in the UK, we've had the first phase of lockdown, which was, you know, we couldn't leave the home apart from essentials or to do a bit of exercise every day. Now that was phase one. And clearly that's had an effect. It's brought the death rate down and, and the infection rate down. So we're now, as I recall, this, we're in phase two where we have a bit more freedom now. We can drive to places. We can do a bit more kind of exercise elsewhere and go to parks. Um, there's a couple more shops starting to open up. But in phase one, for me, there were, there were several things, and like I say, I've wrote them down, um, that, that I noticed. And I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're in the UK, you, you may notice some of these things too. So I want us to, I wanted to remind ourselves of those things. And these are good things, I think, that, that came out in that initial lockdown phase. Certainly the first three to four weeks, this, this was all of these apply. Um, so let's go into it anyway. So the first thing I noticed pretty much straight away was this kind of sense of unity. It felt like the country was coming together against a common cause and people kind of liken this to you know this hasn't happened since the world war Two, and i would agree with that not that i was around for world war Two, but i would think that this similar kind of we're all this together that would have been a similar experience and certainly from some of the things i've seen and interviews i've seen of people who lived through world war Two, they they would um, agree with this it was a chance for us to, to unite as a country against a common goal and that's been just refreshing. I mean, certainly the one thing that's been in our newspapers, in our news feeds, on our news channels for months has been division. You know, we we first we had division over Europe. You know, we should leave, we shouldn't leave, we should leave, we shouldn't leave. We had the division over the the choice of a new government. You know, Labour, Conservative, and so so we, we've lived for a long period of time in times that have been very. Um, polarised, if you like. We've had people with polarised, you know, different opinions, completely opposite opinions and arguments and people falling out. And it was just refreshing in the first couple or three weeks of lockdown to start to see things that were more about unity. Like I said, I didn't I didn't make light of the, of the lockdown at all and the illness, but even just seeing people post things about how they were coping, how they were working from home, fun things they're doing with their kids, you know, it, again, it showed this unity. People falling online, exercise routines, and, and people doing kind of online quizzes with the family and friends. Unity. And this is something that I, you know, I've got to say, I'd, I'd, we've got, I'd got used to this kind of arguing all the time online, people arguing their points politically over Brexit and then the, uh, and then the, the election. So there was definitely a sense and a feeling of unity. And I, I could feel that even around Wakefield. There was kind of, if you did pass people when you were out exercising, which was very, very rarely, there was always seems to be this sense of togetherness, a kindness. And I mean, that, that's the next point I've come up with. You know, kindness was being shown. We've seen people making food parcels for people that were going to struggle to feed themselves. You know, we had people doing things for the NHS and, and making sure they were looked after with food and supplies. 
And again, acts of kindness, simple things. I had I had phone calls from people that have that have haven't rung me for months, and I actually rang people that I'd not spoke to for months. There was like a sense of caring that we cared, and we we wanted to be kind to to not just those very close to us, but also people in our communities. And I, I think that was again, it's very refreshing to see that, and, and something that um, was was definitely there in the first couple of weeks of lockdown. We talked about the NHS, and I think something else that came out in in this in the in the lockdown is this appreciation of who the key workers are, who are the important people. You know, I think there's a lot. Of, there were a lot of memes going around online about you know we found our influencers weren't that influential, and people with money weren't that rich, um, and the sense they have the money, but in the fact that they didn't really have the same power in this new world we lived in in lockdown. At the end of the day, a lot of businesses have struggled. And um, I kind of feel for those people that are, that are in businesses that will not recover. I, I don't I don't think there's an easy answer to this, by the way. I think the government have done their best to try to support self-employed people. But I think the reality is some people will just not recover from this. Um, Wakefield itself, it, you know, it, it is known for... It's a shopping centre. It's a shopping centre and pubs. You know, you come to Wakefield to go to potentially the shopping centre or the museums that are here or the, the nightlife. So these people will have been massively affected because, you know, they've had a significant period of time, um, especially not being able to open over Easter. That must have been a huge blow to a lot of restaurants. So, you know, we started to realise that the people that were important to us were the key workers that we're talking about now, the NHS, the doctors, the nurses, the carers, and the people that work in supermarkets. You know, who would have thought that a few months ago? Did we really appreciate and did we, did we take for granted the fact that somebody was going to work in a supermarket to, 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 to make sure we had supplies to eat, to make sure we were served at tills? We didn't see these people as important. I mean, I, I've got to say, I never it's, I never considered it. And But now we see these people as important because not only are these people keeping us in food, they're risking their own potential health to do that. Um, and that that's that's important to me because, and, and it's certainly meaningful to me because my daughter works for Marks and Spencer's. She's got a part-time job in Marks and Spencer's and having talked to her through the, the lockdown, it's how, you know, they're having to go to work and, and they're having to come into contact with people and risking their own health to, to, to keep the the country in food and supplies. And, you know, the van drivers, the postmen, the post office, all these people now have, have taken up this new place in our thinking has been key to our survival, key to us having a quality of life. And uh, and I think that's important. And I think it's really nice that that has come out. And like I say, you know, I, I appreciate them more now. So that's something I can certainly feel myself. The other thing that I think this lockdown brought around was just a slow pace of life. You know, it went from one day being quite busy into new rules, new way of behaving. And then all of a sudden the traffic stopped. I mean, we live in Wakefield in, on a main road, and, and it's it's a busy road. It's right next to the hospital. It's so so we get a lot of traffic going up and down because from the hospital. Also, we get a lot of ambulances. I've noticed a massive drop in the number of ambulances um, going backward and forward. So again, you know, where were these ambulances going before? Were they dealing with accidents or things going on in the community caused by our busy pace of life? Everything slowed down. The the traffic became quieter. There's not as many ambulances. And people's pace of life slowed down. Um, I certainly noticed in our household, less so me, because I don't leave the house as much as, as my partner Sue does, but Sue, she's had to slow down because she's got no yoga classes to go to. They were all stopped. So she's slowed down. I've seen her slow down, and I've seen the benefits to her. You know, she's sleeping well. 
you know, she's sleeping later than she's ever slept. She's looking healthier, feeling better. And I'm thinking, well, you know, is this to do with the slowing down pace of life? I happen to think it is. So there's definitely been a slowing in the pace of of of, of how we do things. And one that I, I find nice, we, we go out and, and walk on an evening as part of our little being able to go out and exercise. And on the evenings that we have gone out, we've, we've walked around Wakefield because I have never, ever experienced a city ever that's been completely empty like Wakefield has been. Even at times when we have bank holidays, a lot of the places are pubs and restaurants, so they're open. Um, even Christmas days, there's the certain shops open and pubs and restaurants open on Christmas days. So even at, at the time when class is a really quiet time normally, Christmas day, no one's out. It's quieter than that. And just to be able to go around Wakefield and walk around Wakefield and experience the city with nobody in it, it's been a blessing. I've really enjoyed it. And I've seen the city in a whole new light since we, we started to slow down. The other thing that I do notice as well, because I have I do exercise every day, I go out every day, is the way that kind of nature's taken back over. We haven't had some of the grass cut recently in, in sort of public spaces. And... Nature kind of almost, because it was spring when this has happened, we went from kind of leaves on trees, no leaves on trees and, and kind of winter into, into spring and it kind of exploded. There seems to be a lot more wildlife. There seems to be um, a fresher kind of feel to the place because we've not as many cars, not as much pollution. And the one thing that I've noticed, and this, is, this was staggering, is the difference in the amount of litter that's kicking about the place. Um, Sue and I, we, we did a walk on the canal about three weeks ago and we go past a dam and it's basically it's going into the canal there's like a, another waterway comes into it and it's normally full of litter I mean literally it, it's piled up of litter in the water plastic bottles plastic bags you name it any any waste that floats is, is, is stacked up there and we went past the other day and it was completely empty that litter is not there now I'm guessing somebody must have removed the litter that was there but it's not come back because there's not as much litter about and when I do walk and run I notice that the litter that's normally on the on the streets aren't there, and I have to say that that did seem to tie in with the time we stopped letting McDonald's, KFC, and other uh, fast food places stop serving food. So there's been a massive difference. Nature's taken over. There's a cleaner feel, a fresher place, and a lot less litter. The other thing I think that people have started to do, and I can certainly say this is true for me, is we start to appreciate the little things, just the little things. You know, the 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 idea of being thankful and being grateful because we have food in our fridge. You know, I've been more grateful the fact that we've got some supplies in this freezer. I've started to appreciate little things like just taking a walk and being able to go outside. I've started to um, appreciate the little things like just, just uh, you know, a, a message from somebody. Because we've slowed down, the pace has got slower, we've had this time. It's given me the chance to really kind of look at things like their garden. You know, we spent more time in the garden because we couldn't go out walking. And normally on a weekend, we're up, we're up some hill somewhere. We had to spend time in the garden. So we've done more in the garden and got on top of that. And I appreciate little things like doing your garden up, planting, cooking. You know, I mean, Sue's always in the kitchen. She's a great little cook. And, but even I have really appreciated that, the, just the joy of creating a simple meal. So I think people start to appreciate the little things. And even if you only have brief contact with um, your, your family, you know, whether it's on, on a Skype call, a FaceTime, a, you know, a, a, whatever it might be, a, a Zoom call, we appreciate the little contacts. Um, I don't, I have social distance from my children 
um, but as somebody who's separated from his children, I do have the I do have the right to go and see them. So I, I don't go into the house, but I, I've started to go there on a Wednesday, and I literally turn up and I sit on my car or sit in my car, and my daughter sit on the the driveway, and then my son sits in his garden, and I talk from a few feet away, and just having that ten or fifteen minutes with them has been precious. I really appreciate that. So again, appreciate the little things. I think that's something that's come out. Um, I don't. This is for everybody, but I think it's for a lot of people because I have heard it mentioned a few times. Is I think we've learned we don't need as much as we thought we did. You know, Primark and all the other shops and Next and, and all these other places selling items. You know, they've not opened up, and we've survived. You know, we did. We really need the stuff we used to buy. Um, I know my spending, my spending in this last sort of eight weeks has, has been very little, you know, and I'm thinking about what I bought, and it might be things like you go out and you might buy a, buy a book, or you go and buy something from TK Maxx, you see this offer, that offer, you buy things, you end up buying things that you can justify having, but you don't really need, and I think for me, I know personally, it's, it's made me realise that in this time, I probably need less than I think I need, it's made me more resourceful to use what I've already got, Um. Like I say, and I do mention this a lot in my podcast, I do run, and I go running on most mornings. Um, I, my trainers are knackered, you know, the, the backs are hanging off me. I've had them for a long time. And I would have bought a new set if the shots run, but they're not. So I had to get more resourceful, and what I had to do was I had to think, well, hang on, I've got a pair of older shoes. And I say older because I've had them longer, I've never worn them. And they were like barefoot running shoes, they've got right thin soles on them. And I started to wear them for running, and I found, oh, these work, I like these. So the fact is, I would have normally just gone out and bought some new trainers. This allowed me to be resourceful, use what I'd got. And I kind of thought that was interesting, because I thought, well, I wonder how many other things you've got, Gareth, that you could utilise if you, if you challenge yourself. So that was interesting. I think we've learned we don't need as much as we need. I mentioned visiting my kids, and I certainly know because Sue's got a grandchild and obviously a daughter and a son-in-law and other family. Um, and I've got other family. I've got and my mum and my sister and my nieces and nephews. I think I've really I've, I've missed them. I've, I think we appreciate our family and family a bit more now. I mean, it might be different if you're living in the same house as them. I'm, I'm sure if you've been in, locked up with your kids for six or eight weeks, there might have been challenging times. Um, I, I don't have that. So for me, I've started to appreciate my family more. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing my mother again and going and seeing her at some point across in Bridlington. And that's not something I normally feel. Oh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing my mother. I almost have done it in the past through duty. Um, I don't love my mum, I love my mum very much, but it's kind of, I fit it in and not appreciate enough. So I've started to really appreciate my family and my friends more. You know, I don't see that many people, but the ones I do see, I've missed seeing them. I've missed connecting with them on a more kind of um, physical level because clearly we can still talk on the phone. So I think we've 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 realised we miss family, and I know certainly for Sue with her grandson, she's she's really missed him. So I think we've appreciated friends and family more. And the other thing that came out was people connected more. It might have been on a computer screen, it might have been through a telephone call, it might be through WhatsApp or Messenger, but we we started to build a connection. Um, one of our local shops. Uh, one of the restaurants I had to close, um, a place called Cotterima in Workfield. It was run by a guy called Sam. Lovely guy, lovely food. And, you know, I rang him and saw, saw, saw how we were doing, and he said, no, I can't, I can't stay open. Obviously, I'm going to have to close it. And then we found out last week that he was starting to do takeaway. He's moved now to doing takeaways. So we had a takeaway on Saturday night. So 
people connected again. And I, I spoke to Sam when it started off to, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling about this? And I, I connected with him at a different level. So I think people have connected again. And I think that is something that's very refreshing because sometimes we, 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 we do get busy and we get busy and all of a sudden you think to yourself, I've got time to make that phone call, send that email, send that message. The reality is we've found now that we have the time and we've done it. So I think people are connected more. So those are just a few of the things that I kind of noticed um, what's happened in, in the initial stages of lockdown. Um, so I want to talk now about what what we can do next, what's going to happen next in lockdown, potentially. But I wanted to kind of put that out there as some really positive things. And, and there's there's many more. I mean, this is just a list I made to do a relatively short podcast. I mean, I'm sure I could go on for hours on that, which would be boring for you and uh, too long for me because I don't have a lot of time to do this today. So them are the things that I think have happened in a positive way. Um, so now we're into phase two. So... Mr. Johnson said the figures are coming down. We can loosen it a little bit. So we encourage people that can no longer work from home or couldn't work from home to go back to work. And I'm sure a lot of people fit that barrier. Um, but I've noticed even in the last few days, a lot more cars on the road. Uh, we also got told we could we could actually go and do more exercise somewhere else. So we had the right to to drive somewhere to exercise if for walking and go and to, to a park or something. Uh, and Sue and I did that this weekend. We went to see a friend of mine, Rianne. Rianne's been on this podcast a couple of times now. Rianne Evans, the harpist. Um, that's not a, a full name. Um, Rianne Evans is, but she's not Rianne Evans, harpist. That's it. That's a title and a job. But we went to see Rianne up there and um, we went for a walk around her neck of the woods, which was nice. Again, socially distancing. And while I was there, I met up with um, John. I dropped something off at John's house. Again, John's been on the podcast. Um, John has a haircut, which is very short. And clearly in lockdown, that wasn't possible to keep that way. So he was starting to like something from a 1970s rock band. Um, so I, I took him my clippers up and I, I, I loaned him my clippers to shave his, his shavering. Shavering, have I made that up? Shave his head. So now he looks human again. And I'm going to meet up with John tomorrow and we're going to have a little walk. Again, social distancing. But just having that flexibility to do that felt good. But... We picked somewhere quiet to go. What came out over the weekend was people had gone to some places in like the North Yorkshire Moors and some of the famous beauty spots were rammed. So quickly again, people have gone from everybody being in this together, kind of feeling of unity um, and, and doing what the government said to stay in. The minute the layers go out, boom, there are some people that are, that are out there now. And, and that had to be expected, but... What was your option? You know, you, you're either all staying or you're all going out. And if everybody chooses to go out, police are going to get busy, so... There's certainly more cars on the road. Um, I have to say, I think there, there has been a minority of people, and I do, I do think it's a minority of people, that didn't really follow the lockdown rules properly. They were visiting other people's houses. They were, they were meeting in groups. Right from the get-go, this was happening, and you know these people were, were kind of frowned upon. But I think it was happening a lot um, in certain parts of the country. And I think what I noticed in the second phase of lockdown since it started about a week ago, is it 10 days ago now, um, there are more people out. And certainly when we were walking the other day, there, there were more families out on the walk. We didn't pass many people, but we did pass them. There were, there were groups of twos and fours and even some sixes. And I'm thinking, well, you know, who were those sixes? We are, again, only supposed to be um, exercising with one other person outside our household. So interesting on that. Um the other thing that's now in phase two, which again I'm starting to notice, is we're starting to get KFC opening up again. You know, they've said it started off, we're keeping it open to look after the key workers. We've got to make sure the key workers are fed. Um, and interestingly, I saw an article from a nurse who works in the NHS who is absolutely one of those key workers. 
And she says, well, quite frankly, you know, I, you know, they're the keeping this place, they want to open KFC to keep us in food. She goes, the last thing I want or need after a day working in hospital is some fried chicken and chips. Um, but, you know, KFC is open. And I, I went past the one in Wakefield the other day and it's absolutely, it was absolutely even. There must have been 30 cars in a queue. And by my working out, this was Sunday, the, by my working out, that was a queue that was probably going to be about, I bet it was 50 minutes from the last car to get to the front when I saw it at the, the, the end of the queue. So somebody was queuing on Sunday, right? A day of the week we normally sit down with our household and have a, a well-cooked meal and relax. And no, we, we, we're going to spend this time queuing in a car park to eat some chicken and chips. Anyway, that's I'm not going to get into a rant about um, fast food. You all make your own choices. Okay. So KFC started opening again and again a lot. And so what started to happen this morning when I was running, I noticed some things. I noticed some litter parcels. And you could say, well, you know, it's nothing to do with KFC. They happen to be KFC parcels. So hang on, KFC's opened back up. There was no litter there for the last six weeks. It's opened up again five days ago. And now I'm seeing litter from KFC. You could call me, uh, you know, maybe I've been a, a little bit kind of, uh, what's, the word I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm being a bit, uh, what am I being a bit of? It's not a coincidence is what I'm trying to say. Something there in that. And finally, before we start going to what the new normal might look like, the other thing that starts to happen is the blame game. This always happens in time of difficulty. You know, the unity is what we start with. We're all in this together, get over the initial, but then all of a sudden it starts to ease off a bit and then we start wanting to blame somebody. And it started. Now the government has done a bad job and, you know, Jeremy Corbyn would have done a better job and, you know, we should have done this and we should have done that and we, we failed on this and why haven't we done that? The blame game started. I think something that for me has been, well, I'm going to say fucking appalling, quite frankly, that some people have chosen to take to Facebook and politicise this coronavirus situation. I'm seeing people putting stuff out there, kicking the government or saying what should have, could have, would have. Look, we've, we had, prior to this lockdown, or yeah, prior to this, this lockdown period, we had some uncertain t- times in this country and division was rife. We had the Brexit nonsense going on for months and months, everybody fighting about that. Then it was the election fighting about that. And we've even found a way of certain people to use this COVID-19 to start, start a scrap as well. You know, this this is starting to happen more. And all of a sudden, the happy smiley faces, we're all this together, we're clapping for the NHS. It's taking way now to, who can we blame? Whose fault is this? It's that Boris Johnson. It's that Jeremy Corbyn. It was, I don't know, it was Winston Churchill. They're blaming everybody. And I don't like the blame game. It starts to happen. The reason I say this is the, the idea now, more cars, people not quite as unified, blaming each other. You know, the KFCs are starting to open again. Other shops will follow it's clear now that we are into coming out of this and very shortly we will be into what we call the new normal and it gets mentioned a lot what is this new normal and I want to spend the next few minutes and then end this podcast by giving you an idea of what I think you can do around this the new normal. Firstly, the thing to remember is we don't know at this time of recording this 19th of May 2020 what the new normal is because the new normal might be exactly like the old normal there is the fact that some companies will not open up again so the high street may not look the same there are some people going to be very much challenged financially if they've lost a job or lost a business i think there's every chance we're going to have some economic downturn and that can affect everybody in different ways 
So we know we can't go back to where we were on the first of March. You know that them times have gone. They're not going to come back because even if you went back to exactly that time and open up every shop could open up and do exactly the same thing they could in the, the first of June, some will not do that. So we are going to see a changing landscape on our high streets. The other thing as well is I think some people now will not want to go back to the new norm, to, 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 to what was. They will create their own new normal. They'll say, well, hang on, why? I don't need to go to work. I've proved I can work from home effectively for the last eight weeks. Why can't I continue to work from home? So I think bosses and businesses are going to be challenged to question, you know, why are we coming into the office? Why are we spending all this time commuting and the, the money to commute and the time to commute when we could actually work from home? Um, from being a... From having a business, I, I'm not sure I would feel about my staff working from home entirely. Um, I did have a guy that used to work from home regularly. But I kind of, I don't let that feel funny if my staff weren't there. I, I think there is something, the mentality, that maybe they won't work as effectively. They might be you know, pulling pulling my leg and not doing the work they said they're doing. So I think some people are going to question, why am I, you know, what what, what are we going to do? Why am I going back to work? Um, I think, again, I've made some notes about this. If the new normal becomes just like the old normal, we've learned absolutely nothing. We've not learned about these things that were positive. We haven't learned about what it felt like to feel unified. We, we haven't, we've forgotten what it was like to feel kind with each other, appreciate the key workers. You know, we, 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 we've, we, if, we go back to the, if we go back to the old normal, we haven't learned anything about the, the power of having that slow pace of life, about how important it is to have nature thriving and this country looking good because there's no litter thrown about. We don't want to get back to a situation where we're not appreciating the little things. You know, we don't. If we don't learn from this, we we are foolish. And I think some people will just drift back into exactly as it was before. No doubt about that. For me, some people just go straight back into how they lived before, and they won't have learned anything. But I think a lot of people will change. I think we'll start asking different questions. We'll start looking for ways to continue some of the good things that have happened. It doesn't matter what the new normal becomes, by the way. That's really what the gist of this podcast is. It doesn't matter what the new world, the new, uh, the new normal becomes. It really matters what your new normal becomes, what my new normal becomes, what anybody's new normal becomes. Because I think we have a choice now, and it's a very significant choice, and it's a opportunity is this now to say, right, what did I learn? What did I like? during this lockdown period and what can I do to continue that because if you think about it we couldn't go shopping to all these shops and yet we still survived so actually we've got we don't have to go to them shops when they open we've got we don't have to I don't have to go on I mean I am a bit pissed off that KFC is still creating this massive amount of litter and there was these I just thought that was I just I was not embarrassed I was disappointed that so many people you know Run have to do that. When my little friend Sam, who does his little takeaway the night, sells spectacular food, they're not queuing outside his door, but we're queuing to give some money to a American company that fucking sells badly produced chicken and cooked in ways that's not particularly good. Anyway, look, we we do we have a choice. We don't have to use those shops. We don't have to have the consumerism we had before. If you've liked these aspects of lockdown, you can continue them. If you like working from home, you can still work from home. And if your boss is funny, find a job that you can work from home from. 
I know for me, it's brought out in my my work exactly what I, I've seen an opportunity here to take my business forward. These podcasts, my Facebook page, YouTube, if you're watching them on YouTube. Hello, YouTube. Um, if I, I know that this stuff that I put out there, it's free, is this stuff. But the stuff I'm wanting to promote and sell was going to be kind of mentoring, speaking, running kind of days around well-being and mindset and all the stuff I do. I thought, actually... Maybe now the opportunity is to take that online and make it into courses, and which is what I'm going to focus on in the next few weeks. So I've seen a way that I've enjoyed the fact I don't have to drive as much. I don't have to go out. I have more time with, with Sue at home. I have more time to take care of the house. I have more time to take care of myself, quite frankly. And I'm, I'm looking at ways now not to go back to the old way of doing things, do it differently. So I think people will have that choice and you'll say, oh, I want to do that. So if you don't like the job, maybe it's the opportunity to say, well, you know what, let's work a different way. I think if you're a switched-on boss and you're listening to this and you manage people, I think giving them the chance to at least work some of the time at home, it, you know, it would make massive sense. What would that do for their, their kind of mental health and their physical health just to have less time commuting even two or three times a week? I mean, the one thing I haven't mentioned, and I suppose it's relevant to some people listening to this, and a lot of people certainly will be affected by this, is the schools. You know, we've had kids off school learning from home. I wonder what this does for the schooling system going forward. You know, it'd be interesting to see whether these kids have fallen back because they've been homeschooled or doing things online, or whether actually they've stayed at a place or even gone forward because of this experience. So I know that there has been some concern about people that are from... Um, challenging backgrounds that they might not be getting the same education from home that they would have been at school. But this will all come out and it'd be interesting to see whether schools go back to how they were. Are they going to see that actually maybe doing some stuff online, having smaller classes, less people in, maybe that might be better for everybody. Um, as a school governor, I'd have to say that it'd be an interesting experiment and something I would like to maybe see. You know, could we try this? What will, it, what will the new normal be like in a school? But you can create your own new normal. Is, is really what I'm trying to say is what do you want to keep that you've learned in this lockdown that you've enjoyed and what do you want to get rid of? You know, how do you prepare now? I mean, certainly one thing that's come out for, for me and Sue in this household is the power of bulk cooking. You know, we, we always bulk cook. It's meant we've always had food in. We buy our food in larger amounts. We don't hoard it. We just buy rice in bigger bags, not because we, we kind of bother there's going to be some kind of apocalyptic event it's because it's cheaper and more effective for us to buy 10 kilograms of rice as opposed to small kilogram bags so we've learned about storing and cooking and batch cooking and freezing so again this is something that was really was really come out in the, in the lockdown for us that we're going to continue so you're going to have a choice going forward of what bit of this lockdown do you want to keep what do you want to let go? You know, not seeing your family, not being able to get close to your loved ones. That's something I wouldn't want to keep. You know, I've missed my kids. You know, I really haven't. You know, I miss my mum and my sister. I've missed, I've missed that connection with them on a more physical way. I've certainly missed being outside in the hills. To get outside this weekend was a blessing. And I will never, ever take the fact I live so close to some wonderful outdoors and how wonderful those outdoor places. I'll never, ever take that for granted again because I have missed that. So I'll not be keeping that element of not walking in the hills. I'll be taking that back. So what I'm saying is you have a chance now to look at all the things you've learned in lockdown. What bits have I learned? What did I like? How have I managed to change things? Keep the good stuff. The stuff you didn't like, that will come back eventually. You know, we will get more loose in what we can do. But the choice now is to be had. Because if you all go back into the same way you've done something, huge mistake, you've, you've, you've missed a massive opportunity. Don't make that mistake. And if you've got a business that struggled through this lockdown, then you've got a question, hang on a minute, 
What has that shown me about my business? Where are the weaknesses in the fact that I can't, I need this, this and this to make that happen? So I think this will have businesses to be slicker. I would hope, again, businesses learn from this. It makes massive sense to have some cash reserves behind you. It's something I was very, very strong about when I ran my business. Um, I always made sure we had plenty of cash reserves. I didn't buy daft stuff. I didn't buy silly cars and ended up buying houses with 18 bedrooms and fucking items of clothing with names on and fancy watches. I always knew the importance of having cash. And quite frankly, that's why, we, you know, me and Sue would never have to worry about finances through this period of time. But some people will have done. So again, you've got the chance to post lockdown is to start to make those better choices let's stash some money away let's think we don't maybe need that new handbag that new uh, pair of running shoes that new phone maybe we'll stash that money away in case another opportunity like this comes along because i can assure you challenging times whether they're pandemics or financial crashes these things it's not a matter of if it happens again it's when it happens again so be prepared learn from the mistakes that you might have made before this and you've survived it now so make sure you don't make the same mistake again pick and choose i'm saying this to you because we have the assumption that the new normal everyone's saying what the new normal will be there's never such thing as a new normal you can have a new normal whenever you want if you wake up this morning whether it's pandemic or no pandemic and you're not happy with something in your life you can change that he said you know what? i'm not happy doing this this is what's normal for me and i'm not happy with my normal you can change your normal so this is this bit I'm going to say now. This is advice whether we're in a pandemic or not. If you are unhappy with some aspects of your life, you have to change it. Either let something go, bring something in. If you're not happy, change it. You can change your normal in a heartbeat, but you've got to decide to do it, decide how you're going to change it, and then work towards that. So I think we have got a real opportunity with this new normal, but you can choose what this new normal will look like. And uh, the fact is, you've always been able to choose. Maybe this has just highlighted it to you. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Again, a bit different today because there's only me on here. But uh, I've enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed that one. So there you go. So that's a little bit about the new normal. Make sure you know normal is brilliant. I'm sure you will do. And I'm going to be sharing more of these solo podcasts in the coming weeks. I've um, got an interesting guest I'm interviewing tomorrow. So this is going to be what's this, podcast 11. So podcast 12 is with somebody that's uh, had a big, big, big impact on my physical well-being and what I do. And I'm not going to tell you who he is or what he is yet. Oh, he is. I said he's he, so he knows the blog. Um, but this this guy, I've, I've wanted to chit-chat to him for a while, and the opportunity's arisen that we can do that. So yeah, there'll be a new podcast um, flicking through at some point later this week when I've recorded that. Any questions at all, let me know at garethboot.com. And if you go there as well, one thing I have done over lockdown is I've wrote a lot more blogs. I had a bit of an experiment around writing, so there's a lot more blogs on there. They're quite short, so if you haven't read them, um, go give them a little listen there, or a little listen, a little read. Short blogs, so there's a lot more blogs, and the website's changed a bit, so check that out, garethboot.com. If you don't already subscribe to this website or this podcast, please consider doing so. Thank you for listening, and until the next episode of the Garethboot Podcast, you take care. Thank you.